it's time for Jam Session. But first, let's talk about what's happening at The Ringer. Amanda, you know that I cheat on you every week with Bachelor Party, a different podcast. I don't call it cheating. I just think it's a productive, open relationship. <laughs> That's a beautiful way of putting it. <laughs> I think we're a model of what podcasting and relationships could be. That's so beautiful. Uh, it's a big week for me. The Bachelor finale is coming in two nights, Woo! Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to flex and say I've seen part one on Monday. Wow. It is gripping television, and I can't wait to discuss it on a podcast. I can't wait to listen. Thank you. The guest on Monday is Lauren Zima of Entertainment Tonight, and on Wednesday will be Rob Mills from ABC. He always spills the tea, so you're going to want to listen to that. And we've got a lot of Oscars coverage that you should check out on our website. Do we not? We do. Cameron Collins has been writing. He's written about all of the movies. If there's something that piqued your interest last night and you want to revisit it, I suggest you seek out Cam's work. Sean Fennessy has been writing about the Academy and kind of the Oscars history. Please check it all out. Did a lot of exciting work this year. We did. Let's talk more about the Oscars. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. The Oscars were last night. They were last night. Award season is finally over. How do you feel, Amanda? I am, I'm, I'm tired. I'm still tired, but I'm excited to be here. And yeah. I'm not going to be tired for the length of this podcast. And then I'm going to watch some Downton Abbey and chill out for a while. That's um, my plan. Let's talk about the show itself. Okay. Began differently than usual. Because yes. celebrities were avoiding Ryan Seacrest because he currently has some sexual harassment uh, allegations against him. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I guess I thought that more people would just go along with it. Yeah. Mm. It, it was very noticeable watching E. We, I don't know, like we were in the control room in the, because I was doing some Oscars pre-show stuff and we had ABC on one monitor and E on the other. And I guess it made sense. Every All the celebrities were on ABC, which makes sense. They yeah. were hosting the broadcast. They kind of have that built-in show, which seems to want to steal audiences from E! anyway. Mm-hmm. But it Ryan Seacrest was not on the E! broadcast. And I was not expecting that. Yeah. Given how much E! was standing behind him and how there were some vocal celebrity support for him, notably by people who work with him, like Kelly Ripa and Chris Jenner, which is yeah. kind of like when you know that something's amiss. Yes. But he really, that that's a big deal. Yeah. It also affects ABC, too, because American Idol starts on Sunday. Yeah. And he's the host of that. He's... Yeah. Literally, quite literally the face of it, I believe his production company owns it. Uh, Ryan Seacrest is connected to, like, so much of Hollywood and entertainment that he's almost as connected as, like, Harvey Weinstein, honestly. He also, you know, brought us so many reality shows. It's true. Jimmy Kimmel also defended him last week, saying, like, let's let the process play out, which I more or less agree with. It's just sort of interesting because this, I think we're a few months removed from, like, the last big name to be accused of sexual harassment. And I wonder if, like, if this had come in the fall when there was just, like, a torrent of um, stories coming out, if it had, if it would be handled differently. And I don't, I don't have a stance since there's not a lot of information yet, still, like, a lawsuit. But it, it's noticeable to me that there's a little bit more nuance in how this is being handled versus some of the other situations. I was glad to see that actresses were not put in the position of having to make the decision last night yes. on the red carpet. The red carpet is already kind of a fraught. You know, I like watching it. I like seeing what people are wearing and we're about to talk about what people were wearing. Yeah. And I've got opinions and that's fun. But the red carpet has always been sort of a extremely superficial, a little bit sexist. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, very until until pretty off until pretty recently, 
men weren't asked who they were wearing yes. or if they were, it was like secondary. Right. And like, it wasn't, I was going through the New York Times slideshow of everyone's looks and there were as many, like there was equal emphasis on what the men and the women were wearing, which is cool. Like men have more opportunities for fashion, which is nice for them. Yes. And also it's more of like a, a universal, like dress to impress and less about like having women dress up for one night with men just wearing a standard uniform of a black tuxedo. So yes, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of like a, as you said, like already like a fraught space. Like why make them go through exactly. that? Exactly. So it was good to not put the onus on them. Yeah. And I was pleased to see that. Totally. So with that said, should we talk about what was great on the red carpet? Absolutely. And or during the ceremony? Sure. Um, I have a favorite look. Do great. you? I have several favorite looks. My winner of the evening was mm-hmm. close. My runner up is Laura Dern and her white dress. Okay. That was um Kind of like the equivalent of a Top Chef perfect meal. It was like simple and straightforward, and <laughs> and they nailed it. The tailoring was perfect. Yeah, um, every dart was in place, and it was like just this white dress that was really nice. A lot of white last night, which mm-hmm. I I liked. And if I were a fancy celebrity going to parties, mm-hmm. I would also wear white because like your other opportunity for dressing up is usually weddings, and you can't wear white. Yeah, that's so true. So I would take I have a I have a white dress that I love from Alice and Olivia. Very few options to wear it. Timothy Chalamet was also wearing yes, white. Yes, he was. He looked fantastic. What did you think about his sort of like ankle length pants? So very aggressive, like black I loved shoes. It. He's great. He He's, seems, did you see his um in like during the show Instagram stories? Like I haven't watched them yet. Oh, so he so Army Hammer was on stage. I'm quite aware. And so he uh like did like a Army Hammer Graham. Like he just kept doing like sort of like from his seat Instagram, yeah. which I thought was very sweet. He's a kid and he wanted to know how he acts like it in the most charming way. He's having a great time. As he should. It's infectious. As he should. So that was my runner up. Okay. My, my winner was uh, Jennifer Garner, who mm-hmm. also won the Revenge Body Award of the night. Yeah. Damn, did she look good in she, her blue dress? She looked really stunning. She looked youthful. Yeah. She. The hair was like yes. 211. It was really big hair. I also thought it was like. Her sexiest look. She sure. doesn't really go for sexy usually, but I thought she had a slight hint of like see you after the party. I I don't know. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought she looked phenomenal, and it just made me really happy. She really did. It was in the presentation. I would say the dress was like it was a nice color. It yeah. was kind of like a basic body hugging dress, but it hugged a very nice body, I suppose. So good for her. Yeah, she looked she looked phenomenal, and yeah. I liked her eye makeup and. I noticed a lot more women wearing their hair down this year. Fewer, like, hairstyles. I guess that's true. I hadn't really thought about it. I liked it a lot. All right, hit me with your faves. All right, my number one has to be Maya Rudolph in the Valentino. That was—I'm still sort of speechless about it. It's really inspiring. She looked regal and cool. And that was also just, like, where can I— where can I wear this outfit? Yeah. May I one day be yeah. as cool and have as much presence and be able to pull this off? She and Tiffany Haddish on stage together yes. were were amazing. Yeah, also, they were so funny, and they were both disarming, mm-hmm. but also like just hilarious. I don't know. I also, loved it. The dress that Tiffany Haddish was wearing is a dress that she has worn several times now during award season. Oh because, my god! Yeah, she made a big deal. It's a Alexander McQueen dress. She's like, I spent too much money on this to only wear it once. I'm wearing it a bunch of times. That's so amazing. So she wore it on stage, which is also fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't know she that. was also on my list. I absolutely love it. They they won the night. I've got some runners up. Okay. Greta Gerwig. Yes, she looked great. I really love a yellow Oscars dress. I do, too. See also Michelle Williams, the maybe the best Oscars dress of all time. For the men. A Army, lot of velvet. A lot of velvet. But Army and Mahershala, both yeah, in Mahersh- velvet. Mahershala looked amazing. It was really... 
I was moved by that. And my girl Gal Gadot. I mean, yeah, she, I mean, she could wear a paper bag. But she, she was so charming. Yeah. I, I am the only living person at The Ringer who mm-hmm. enjoyed the Oscars field trip to the Wrinkle in Time screening. Here's the thing. It was just long. It was. It went on for a long time. That's true. Yeah. But I preferred it to um, most of the awards that were presented. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I think I need more dancing and singing in the awards, like okay. in general. That, I think you know that, how I feel yeah. about that, but I, I... How do they even fill four hours? I don't even know. With terrible musical performances. This is yes, why I'm like, no more singing. That was bad. Um, another another just class act, Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. She looked amazing. Loved the addition of her glasses. Right. I respect anyone who willingly went on that field trip, though, of course, I, I have to assume they were all pre-picked. All of this was staged, right? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. of course. Although the guy mispronouncing um, his, the name of Tiffany Haddish clearly was not. So I assume right. he, didn't, he didn't know he would be, like, talking on camera. But yeah, but we'll I, they were... Wanted, actually, personal tease, hope you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, my bachelor party B-side guest this week yes. is the one and only Rob Mills, okay. who is SVP of alternative programming at ABC, okay. which includes the Oscars and The Bachelor. So... We can ask him. Yeah. Find out how staged it was. Did they get to see A Wrinkle in Time would be the other question. I bet yes. I'm sure they did, but I I don't actually think... Networks have gotten really good at, like, brand synergy. Like, I remember when Survivor first started doing screenings for movies as, like, a reward. Yeah. ABC is really good at it. I haven't gotten any hot party scoop yet of what people were doing after... Have you delved into the pop so party I've world? So I clicked through a bunch of photos from Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. And I read the report from the Vanity Fair party in the New York Times by John Koblen. Okay. So I learned that it's no longer at the Sunset Tower. Oh, where is it? It's the, some sort of makeshift space near the Annenberg Center for the Performing Arts in Beverly Hills. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I guess so. I, You know, I like the Sunset Tower, so I, I feel bad for all the people that didn't get to go there. There were still... In and out burgers. Nice. And then kind of the major emerging storyline that we should discuss is that someone stole Francis McDormand's Oscar and then it was found. But everyone, he's been charged with like grand felony or something and for he, stealing an Oscar for like an hour. And he did a Facebook Live yeah. video where he's like showing so himself with it. So here's the thing. A guy, it was clearly a prank. He stole an Oscar and used it to get into the Vanity Fair Oscar party, which honestly is resourceful. Yeah. And I think if he had stolen a technical Oscar, like no one would care. But he, it was Francis McDormand. he chose to steal Francis McDormand's Oscar and so now has been arrested, which uh, that seems like a bit much. Yeah, it seems like too much theft. It's it was returned within hours. Well, he have to like go to jail. Like, what what's the level of like? I'm not really sure. I hope not. I think that this is overblown. Is what I would have to say. And I think also it's an it means, Oscar. It means that it was a pretty boring party. If really your only storyline is that Francis McDormand's Oscar was taken momentarily. Yeah, because I think of um, playing it safe in general. Mm-hmm. There weren't moments of like, wow, look at the celebrity doing like embarrassing themselves or Yeah, not a lot of fun reactions. Kind shots. of a, yeah, it's like kind of a somber a somber affair. Yeah. It's sort of weird. I feel like one of the biggest controversies was um Emma Stone wearing pants. I thought she looked great. I thought she did too. Should you see her Vanity Fair after mm-hmm. party change? Yeah. I didn't like her dress. That okay. was too short. Okay. Wow. Not, not a not a flattering right, cut. Okay. Not a flattering cut. She can wear whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, sure. I like yeah. Emma Stone. Do you like her? Sure. Yeah. yeah. She seems good. I liked I liked what she was wearing. I really wish Lady Bird had won an Oscar. It's a real bummer. But you know, it's kind of like it was a somber evening and then there were no surprises. Yeah. And so everyone kind of knew what was happening ahead of time and it was just a long Oscar season. Question for you. Yeah. Where was John Krasinski? 
Oh, interesting. I don't know. Emily Blunt got a lot of attention. By the way, I'm so excited about right. Mary Poppins. Well, again, synergy. That's yeah. why. <laughs> I'm so excited about yeah. that movie. I can't sure. wait. I wonder whether she was, since she was there in a purely promotional, promotional capacity. You think she didn't get a plus one? I'm sure she did, but maybe they decided to not distract from it, you know? Yeah. I don't—he wasn't there. I just Maybe he was with the children? I would love that if that were yeah. true. One thing I just want to touch on. Yeah. Were you uncomfortable with Kobe Bryant winning an Oscar? Of course I was. Pretty fucking weird. Yes. Pretty—or it's not—whatever. When, if you will, no one calling it—I mean, he, you know, in 2006 was accused of rape, and it was a really big deal. I'm aware. We were talking about it last night. People are like, hey, is Kobe the GOAT? No, he is not. It's just really astonishing to also, like, three years ago, he was, like, the old grumpy guy cursing at the camera and, like, giving, like, a lot of good quotes in the media. And now he has, like, gone through, like, his third or fourth rebrand, and he's, like, artsy dad who's just happy to be here. It's very odd. It's just really weird to take in. And yeah. I, I feel conflicted about it. I shouldn't, but I do, because I loved Kobe Bryant. Like, I had a Kobe Bryant collage in my locker, and he's, like, one of the most fun basketball players. But, like, that doesn't jive with this moment and like no one said a peep because he's Kobe I, right. I don't know it's, it's a weird night it's really uncomfortable it's, har- it's hard to um to like get past and also like hard to like reconcile and it's it's kind of symptomatic of this moment in general right where yeah. everyone's trying in different ways to talk about these things but nobody really knows how to do it an award show is not the way to do it yeah even though you know I thought that there were parts of the the Me Too kind of presentation and video that were very moving. But then, and I thought Kimmel's monologue was good at the beginning. Yeah, he did a great job. Head on, but, you know, there's Kobe, there's Gary Oldman, there are all these rumors that are kind of floating around and we don't, we're still figuring out how to address this in a wholesale way. Because it's such, I mean, it's a massive, massive issue. And also there, there are a lot of individual issues, as you said. Like it's, everything is different. Yeah. That was just really an odd one. And also, like, kind of everyone knew it was coming, and it still felt weird. Yeah. Just very strange. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the Me, the Me Too montage in general? I was really—it was really moving to see Annabella Sciorra there. hmm And I, I liked the video. I think the part of the video that stands out for me it was Greta Gerwig at the end. Yeah. And I, part of that is just because you and I both really love Greta Gerwig, and it was nice to see her, and since we did not get to see her on stage last night. But the finishing with that idea of, we need your video, we need yeah. your movie, I want to see your movie, it, it was warm-hearted, and I thought, I thought it set the right tone. Yeah, yeah. For all the trouble with Frances McDormand and Three Billboards, I do think ending on Inclusion Rider was a nice note, and... I liked it because it was practical. Yes. And that's the kind of, that's the next step. And we've talked about this a lot. Is yes. like, what can actually be done? And I like that she ended on a note of like, look around the room. These are the people who need financing. Yeah. And that's very specific. And it's kind of wild to watch women be responsible for making the conversation about money go public, which I, I actually think is one of the most revolutionary parts of all of this. Yes. Is like, Men control money, and, like, it's, like, for some reason, go talk about it. Yeah. Unless, like, you're a GM in, in sports. And it's really cool that, um, you know, Ellen Pompeo, now Frances McDormand, mm-hmm. who, who knows who else, will be like, yes, we need money, and let's talk about it. Like, yes. let's not make that a cloaked conversation. Yes. Because, as everyone says, money makes the world go around. So, thank you, Frances McDormand. That's important. I am always a sucker for the symbolic moment. So, yeah. when she did have everyone stand up, I found that very moving. Yeah, totally. And I think it was Jody Cantor who— 
of the New York Times who noted she was in the room and she said that what was notable about it was how few people were standing up in the room, right. which is— And you couldn't really tell it from TV, actually. Yeah, because it was, you know, Greta Gerwig smiling and yeah. looking moved, which, you know what, God bless Greta she Gerwig. Had the, she had the—I think it was genuine, but if she practiced being a graceful loser, practice really paid off. She did a great job. <laughs> My actual favorite crowd reaction shot was when— Francis McDormand thanked Joel Cohen and he did not flinch. <laughs> did, like, did not. Yeah. And I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. He was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the Oscars are over. I guess we can move on. Yes. We shall. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor. Let's talk about Thoroughbreds from Focus Features. On March 9th, you are cordially invited to the event of the season where good breeding goes bad in thoroughbreds. You'll be meeting Lily and Amanda, their two best friends with one killer idea, murder the stepdad who's ruining their lives. All they'll need is the help of one hapless drug dealer, who doesn't, ruthless efficiency, and a bottomless trust fund. See these pure-blooded socialites become cold-blooded. They're about to take high society to new lows. It stars Olivia Cook from Ouija, splits Anya Taylor-Joy, and the very sadly deceased Anton Yelchin of Star Trek fame. Critics are calling it wickedly funny and superbly unpredictable, though I've not seen it yet. Apparently, it's American Psycho meets Heathers. So remember, these girls are rich, they are savage, they are thoroughbreds, and it's in theaters everywhere March 9th. All right, Oscars are over. More important things, such as Barbara Streisand fucking cloned her dog. Oh my God. This was... <laughs> the news came out, and then she wrote an editorial about it. Please yes. share some excerpts Well, with us. I think that she was... Wrote an editorial is an interesting phrase that we should interrogate because okay. she gave an interview, a cover story in Variety, and then a few days later, there was a piece in the New York Times and Barbara Streisand, the byline was Barbara Streisand. Yes. This is very clearly to me that like someone from the New York Times called her and was like, hey, we have some follow-up questions. And I don't really think, this is definitely an as told to. Yeah. Um, so it's just like Barbara Streisand monologuing about her cl- dog cloning for a while, which leads to some truly exquisite turns of phrases that we will interrogate. Please. So shout them out. But here's the basic story. Barbara Streisand's beloved dog, Samantha, died after 14 years together. Okay. That's okay. after 14 years together is the first phrase that is from this thing. And Barbara was devastated. So She said that, I'm just going to read this. It was easier to let Sammy go if I knew I could keep some part of her alive, something that came from her DNA. All right. I mean, that's like a real rich people approach to a problem, but sure. Here's the next sentence. A friend had cloned his beloved dog, and I was very impressed with that dog. So I was very impressed with that dog is just like a really, really intense... I can imagine her saying that. Of course, you can hear her on the phone. She's just like, oh, you know, I was very impressed with that. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay. So then there's a lot of stuff about the science, about where the cells came from and who cloned that they sent it to a place in Texas or something. And then another dog shows up that's like from the dead dog's breeder. Oh, my God. And so I'm not even sure. I couldn't tell you. Yes. So now she has three. She has a sibling or like a relative, a natural relative. Natural's rude. I I mean, I don't know. Biological? Maybe I shouldn't. Well, in a way, a clone is biological too. That's true. Right? I was going to say genetic, but again, it is still kind of. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a relative, Miss Fanny, and then there are the two clones, Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet. 
And Barbara does say it's a bit overwhelming, but we love them so much. This is this is extraordinary. Here's the thing. And this is one of the few times when I really feel that, like, podcasting is limited as a medium. Sure. Barbara supplied a photograph to go with this article. And it's very clearly taken by her because it's a low-res sure. photograph. And in it, on the left side of the frame, are Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet in some sort of dog bugaboo. Like, it's definitely a dog stroller, but it doesn't look like a baby stroller adapted to dogs. It definitely looks like it was built for these dogs. And then on the right, and the two clones are looking at the headstone of Samantha the dog, which is an elaborate headstone with, I can't tell whether it's a photograph or like a carving of Samantha's face into the headstone. Like a daguerreotype? Yeah. It's really and then there's some like there's some beautiful landscaping around it. Like it's clearly a monument to Samantha. This is really eccentric. I was just looking at her home. Yeah. Which is like on the coast of California. Yes. She obviously just doesn't live in the same reality as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like, I don't know if you were someone who was worshipped by not necessarily the largest fan base, but an incredibly dedicated, obsessive one that yes. like seems to replenish with every generation. Yes. I too would live in like some fantasy world where I could like have whatever I want all the time. And so <laughs> Barbara Streisand, just do you. I, I support you. I think this dog situation is really weird and also makes me wonder how close we are just to cloning humans, which I would say is probably close. <laughs> and um, I'm uncomfortable with it, but okay. I guess one note I would give to Barbara and to anyone else who's cloning their dog or doing any other eccentric rich people stuff is that um, you don't have to take the phone call from the New York Times to expound on this. You can just let it be one detail in three-fourths of the way down in a profile talking about your other achievements, and you can let people just make jokes on Twitter. Yeah. And it'll be, oh my God, it's like quite literally the Streisand effect. I yes. hadn't thought about it till this moment. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, she Streisand affected it again. Wow, mistake. Learn from Barbara. Don't do this. So true. Okay. Wow. So true. All right. That's my free celebrity advice for the week. In other um, celebrity information that perhaps is too public, <laughs> let's talk about. The billboards that Alexis Jr. and Sr. Ohanian erected for their uh, wife slash mother, Serena Williams. Yes. Three billboards. Four, actually. Four billboards on the way to Palm Springs. Yes. For Serena Williams. Number one, it calls her mama, of course. Right. Spelled M-O-M-M-A. Is that your preferred spelling of mama? I think you got to go with what fits for you. Okay. It's If that's how they're going with it, it's fine. It's not—I don't have as strong feelings about this as I do with, say, yeah, which is if yeah is spelled Y-E-A-H, and if you're doing Y-A, you're, this is incorrect. This is not how we spell it. Please learn the correct yes, way. Yes, agreed. Mama versus mama has a little bit to do with inflection, and it's, it's a personal situation, okay. so I'm okay with it. So the billboards call her the greatest mama of all time. Okay. The G-M-O-A-T, like right. the G-Mote. Right. It's officially time to retire all goat. Like, this okay. person's the goat. This yeah. person's, like, the greatest. Like, I mean, yeah, Serena is. She is. That's correct. Yeah. But we didn't need these um, low-resolution photos on these two dark billboards to know that. <laughs> okay. so Alexis, the- let's we'll talk about your execution. Right. So there are four billboards. They each have pictures of Olympia and or Olympia and Serena together. 
I have to say that Olympia is one of the cutest babies of all time. Incredibly cute. So I just can't get over how adorable this child is. So in that sense, I'm not too mad because it's just like cute billboards of a child being like, hey, mom, you're the best. And I also really love Serena. They are noticeably low res. Yes. What's happening there? I don't know, ma'am, but like you work in tech. You got to know a photo editor. I just like, or you could have called me. I could have raised the colors on this. Is it just because the originals are not a high enough resolution? I think the photos were just kind of dark. Yeah. And they're probably are too low res for this gigantic space. Even if they're 300 DPI, that's probably not high enough. You probably needed like 600 for this. Don't you think that if you are going to put up four billboards and also you're a co founder of Reddit, that you could have planned ahead to? Take some high res photos. Yes. Probably without also, alerting Serena. I am certain this couple brought in a professional photographer at some point oh, in I'm the sure. last few months. Yeah. As I support that. Professional photography, I think, is a lovely luxury. I enjoy the kind of homespun quality that these billboards have. Like, I love looking at personal photos of people I'm interested in. So that's nice, but they still, they could have invested. I completely Where agree. are you on the font here? The font is fine, okay. if, if basic, but yeah. fine. It's, you know, it's a sans serif font. These are posters. That makes sense. Good okay. job. However, I don't like going back and forth between black and white. He also, there's just no art direction here. Yeah, well, he does say in the <laughs> caption, quote, designed them myself with some help from Junior, which is what he calls Olympia. As I'm, Andrew, I'm, I'm as Andrew Fredadero put it, designed is a generous term. This is very upsetting, actually. Yeah. The more we dug into this, the more I, I disapprove. I was, like, going to let it slide. Of the concept? just so, Yeah, just sort of, like, in general. I don't know. So here's the thing. It's really, really corny. Yeah. But as many people have pointed out, their wedding was Beauty and the Beast themed. That's true. So these are corny, corny people. corny people. And that's okay because as long as it makes Serena happy and as long as— this is someone who is clearly obsessed with her and is supporting her, and she seems happy as a mom. She seems happy in her wedding. I Like, please never do this for me, ever, but if it yeah. makes Serena happy, I'm okay with it. Okay. Great. I support Serena. Let's let's hit a couple of quick topics before, okay. before wrapping. I forgot Great. to mention these yeah, two. Yeah, let's go. Number one, now deleted, but Kim Kardashian tweeted during the Oscars yesterday, yeah. OMG, Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson is having a girl. Right. Sick on that grammar. It's not me. And then a ton of of hearts. Okay. And then she deleted it. Right. And here we are talking about it. Right. So effective? I guess so. Yeah. So many girls. It's honestly like Kris Jenner is both incredibly shrewd and has just had incredible luck. Now there's gonna be a whole generation of fucking girl cousins to be on TV together. Yeah, that's true. Do you think they will be? I guess Who knows? Chicago Stormy and TBD Thompson baby are like... They're all going to have a show together. And, like, probably by the time they're ready for it, it'll be just zapped straight into people's brains who opt in, which will not be me. Okay. There, so there's that. I really thought it was a boy, both because there were rumors and also because of the, you know, the old wives' tale of how you carry. Yeah. She's definitely carrying high. Yeah. Also, have you seen the photos of the th- the three sisters in Japan? Yeah, I was looking through them the other day, actually. They're the dumbest photos I've ever seen. <laughs> I just have increasingly... My I, I used to be, like, numb towards the Kardashians. I'm really moving into active hatred. Okay. And I was just like, these photos are disrespectful. Are they, what are they doing? Like, this is stupid. Kim, you have a newborn. Go home. Like, I, I don't even know. Just bothered me. Two more quick hits. Yeah, let's go. I recently fell down a rabbit hole. Oh, boy. 
I did not know that Anne Hathaway had her own line of beauty products available in Korea. Did you? No, not until you told me about this. They're called AHC Cosmetics. Okay. And she, I know about it because she did like a photo call and did a publicity for them. Right. I just had no idea. I didn't know that she was in the beauty space. And I now realize that true celebrities mm-hmm. just rack in the cat, rake in the cash in a way I didn't know was possible. Like, yeah. I, she's making millions off that, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's how it, that's funding her entire life. So she, you don't make money off of being in movies anymore. That's over. It's just like you don't make money off of actually releasing music. I don't think you make that much money being on TV unless you're on The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, you make you're so everyone's selling something at some level. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true of athletes. No, athletes get paid a ton, but they get paid even more with endorsements. Yeah, and like Kevin Durant took less money from the Warriors because he's yeah. like, I make so much money from Nike, doesn't matter. Related to this, yes, was watching the Oscars last night as discussed, and there was another George Clooney Nespresso commercial. Yeah, how are those still going? He made like a billion dollars off of Casamigos, or. Half of a billion dollars yes. off Casamigos. And he also makes a shit ton off of Nespresso. Why is he doing these Nespresso commercials? Maybe he likes it. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Just get all of the is money. Is it just because he keeps giving duffel bags of money to people? I guess. That's like my best ex- explanation. I guess so. Anyway. And I'm glad you brought him up because the last thing I wanted to discuss okay. was that Vogue did a photo shoot at yeah. Amal Clooney's uh, country home okay. in England. And we just have a lot to look forward to. I can't wait for it. It's coming in a couple months. I'm really excited. I am too. I still don't understand why they are suddenly so press available. I mean, even, you know, they sold pictures of their wedding. Cynical theory is... Running for office? Trying to cover up a scandal that's coming. Oh, okay. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. All right. But Um, they did it for their wedding, too, and I just never really understood, A, why George Clooney suddenly decided to get married at the age of 50-something, and B, was like, yes, come and take photos of my wedding, my four-day lavish wedding in Venice, and put them in your magazine. Don't get it. I don't know. Also, maybe he does a lot of charitable donations that we don't know about, and he needs cash for that. If that's the reason, then I I apologize for ever doubting him, and that would be great. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of VR. I'm so in love with Doug okay. Ross. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sure it's all above board and for good reasons. Hopefully and there'll be no scandal. Yeah. I can't, my heart can't take and it. And VR is on Hulu now. VR is on Hulu. <laughs> Season two is really good, people. Check it out. Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks as always. Thanks, everyone.